everyone, and welcome to My Favorite Nerd Shit. It's a show hosted by me, Matthew Burns, and it's co-hosted by Chris Matler. Chris, you want to say hi? Hey. Um, so every week we're going to try to talk about, well, I guess you might know, it's our favorite nerd shit. Um, it can range from video games to board games to some cool tech news we may or may not have saw on YouTube and whatnot. So we hope you enjoy what we're going to talk about and maybe even learn something along the way. I'm going to do a little introduction for me. My name is Matthew. Uh, I'm 21 years old. I'm currently in college. I'm doing a CIS major, which is Computer Information Systems. Uh, my focus is in networking, so like Cisco server-side internet type stuff. That is what I plan to do in the future. And then right now I'm working a part-time job, which lets me just play around with tech stuff and do random computer things. It's pretty fun. Uh, and now here's Chris. Hello, uh, my name is Christopher. I, uh, I'm a mechanical engineering student. That's what I'm working on right now for school. Um, Part-time jobs, I'm working on trying to get into uh, a job that would have me doing some basically furniture restoration. So that's what I'm looking at right now. That's pretty cool. All right, so now we're going to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of what we want to talk about on the podcast. Uh, we're just going to kind of discuss what happened over the week, if we found anything cool, video game-wise, stuff like that. So um, recently I found a pretty cool roguelike game. You guys, uh, side note, you guys are going to hear us talking a lot about roguelikes because Chris and I play a good amount of roguelikes. So many roguelikes. Yeah. Uh, I found a really cool one. It's called Loop Hero. Uh it's basically auto battler, roguelike, deck builder, idle game all in one. It's really it's it's really interesting, uh, and like the graphics aren't anything insane, but the whole concept is you you are a character that goes around a loop battling little monsters and stuff, and the monsters can drop cards that you put into your deck beforehand, so you can build the environment that your loop goes around, uh, and you gain experience and stuff for leveling up, healing your character and whatnot, and getting, like, tools, and you just keep going around the loop over and over, beating bosses and quests. Have you played, uh, Slay the Spire? Is it similar to that? I I can explain Slay the Spire. It, not ne- I, I I know what Slay the Spire is. Slay the Spire is I is more deck building than this is not necessarily solely deck. Like Slay the Spire deck building is a lot more important. In this one, de- deck building is important, but not as important. Gotcha. Like it's not a super crazy deck building type game, mm-hmm. almost. And how do like your runs end and start and end in this game? Uh, so you have two choices to end your run. Either you, well, actually three. So you can end the run whenever you want without dying. Um, and you will get a certain amount of the loot you picked up. Uh, and with that loot, you can upgrade your campsite. Uh, but normally when you run away like that, you only get a certain portion of your loot, like 30%, 15%. Uh, as you go farther, you can upgrade how much loot you would get. Uh, then obviously if you die, your run ends. Uh, and you only get to keep a very small portion of the loot. Or if you beat the boss. When you beat the boss, you have two choices to go on, or you can escape with all the loot. Uh, but if you go on, then it turns back into you can only keep like 60% of it. So, And then you use that to keep upgrading your campsite to make your runs go longer and whatnot. Okay, so roguelite uh, mechanics where everything kind of changes. 
Yes, it changes. It changes, but, but you not... always you can actually build yourself yeah. up. Yes, and then there's also different classes you can unlock for your character. Like you start off as a your normal warrior, but then there's like a rogue, uh, and then there's like a necromancer, I believe, which lets you summon skeletons to fight with you. I am a fan of summoner so, classes. That's that's the game. The game's pretty fun. I've put a couple hours in it already, so I, I would definitely recommend trying it out. Yeah, it sounds it sounds worth playing. You can almost call it a city builder with the upgrading your campsite because you have to build stuff in certain places and whatnot. But I wouldn't necessarily call it a city builder. Gotcha. It's like there's it there's is. like there's fishing in Hades, but I wouldn't call it a fishing game. Yes, exactly. So. I definitely would recommend checking it out. Uh, there's this one YouTuber who I found it off of. Uh, he's called Retro uh, Retromation, Retromania, something like that. And he does a lot of roguelikes, and I've been watching him a lot. So shout out to him. He he's a really good YouTuber I've been watching lately. I I recently have been playing a lot of the game Hollow Knight. That's a a very popular a kind of old indie game actually. I'd be surprised if you if you guys hadn't heard of it. Um, it's, uh, your character is a little insect, everything in this game, it's, it's called, it's all about insects. All the characters are insects and you are moving throughout the kingdom. Um, and one of the things that's interesting about the game is it very, it gives you very little like story to work with. All the story that exists is all kind of hidden. You have to find it. There's a, an upgrade you get at one point that doesn't, or an item you get. It's like a sword, but instead of doing damage, um, it gives you health back, and it uh, reveals what, like the creature is thinking that you hit with it. So it's it's interesting that that like a lot of the way that you're supposed to get this lore is through using a da an attack in battles that doesn't damage things, which can be very dangerous to your health because it's a it's a it's an attack that has a really long like wind up. So. I recently finished yeah, it. Took me like thirty-five hours, and I think it's very, very good. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of the game before. I've just never played it or really watched any videos about it. It has a so. very unique aesthetic, where a lot of like, it has like a, everyone. A lot of people who play this Hollow Knight talk about how good its soundtrack is. And one of the interesting things is that it often doesn't choose to use the soundtrack. It's very specific. <laughs> And that most of the enemies will make noise, and if the enemies are making noise, the soundtrack will like fade out. So like only in times where you've defeated everything and everything is kind of peaceful in an area, then that's where you start getting all the the really nice soundtrack. Interesting. See, I'm a little weird when it comes with listening to the in-game music for video games. I normally mute everything and then just watch youtube videos while i play through a video game and whatnot and i've definitely done that that's something that i've definitely done in the past but there are some games that like really have a soundtrack that's worth listening to mm -hmm. like I, I know like i didn't really understand that and then hades was the first game that like that game soundtrack is like really i think it really adds to the experience because it's yeah hades is a great game mm -hmm. i agree its soundtrack was really good Soundtracks, uh, I, I normally don't put too much high priority on a game soundtrack, or even most like movies and stuff soundtracks, but when I find a good soundtrack, I really do enjoy whatever has that soundtrack. Yeah, that was like, so I found Hades from a YouTuber named Yako, like this is uh, like a month before the game became like huge, 
uh, everywhere. And mm-hmm. he was talking about the soundtrack, and he always talks about soundtracks. That's one of the things he always does when he talks about a video game. And I was like, when I played Hades for the first time, it was like, I understand what he means now. Like, this game is enhanced by a soundtrack. And so that's that's mm-hmm. one of the things that a Hollow Knight was interesting is that a lot of times you could find like the location of your secrets, or you could tell what enemies were near you, uh, just based off the sounds. And I thought that yeah. that was a really cool design. Another thing oh, yeah. is that in Hollow Knight, uh, most games like you have a map, right? Like you have a map of mm-hmm. the area, and as you move, you kind of fill it out. Hollow Knight, you actually yeah. have to find. There's there's a there's this one character you have to find who you have to buy a map off of. And he'll give you a partial map of every area, but you have to find him first. And until you find him, you just don't have a map. And it really is... It really just, like, changes the idea. Like, the map seems a lot really valuable when you have to get it, or when it's really hard to get to. There's one area where it took me... Like, I basically had explored the whole area before I could actually find the guy. Yeah. And it, it felt so nice to be able to actually look at all the progress I'd made in the area... And it makes it easy to find like secrets and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, when you when you said that it used the sound to kind of help you towards hints and whatnot, was it kind of like directional sound when you had like headphones in? Like it, you could hear it coming from like the back, or what type um, of sound would you call it? Because like you on YouTube, you see those like three D or like eight D sound videos where it's like yeah, those music, are cool. but it sounds like yeah. Because I've actually been, in, side note, listening to those like a lot, like the She Santi Wellerman one. I have, I have that as like an 8D sound thing on YouTube, and I listen to like it for a full hour. It's super good. I don't know. There's there's comment. a one there's a YouTuber who I follow. This is I'm just going off on the on your tangent here. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. um, he's his name is uh, his YouTube name is Dank Pods, and he's a a, a medium sized I'd say uh, Australian YouTuber. And he's an audiophile. That's like all he does is he reviews headphones, uh, old iPods yeah. is one of his big things. And he talks about the sound stage, and uh, that that's like really big. And that is something I didn't notice until I, he had brought it up and brought uh, put detail to the fact that uh, a really good pair of headphones compa- combined with a good audiophile. Uh, it sounds all around you, and there's some songs where there's, uh, so you can hear there's like someone specifically like right. To, you can tell the position of everyone who is making this music. Like this guy's off over to your right, this guy's off yeah. over to your left. The singer is straight in front of you. So, yeah, I don't know if you've heard it, but there's a couple videos on YouTube where it's like virtual, uh, haircut where you're supposed to close your eyes and like lean back in a desk chair, and it sounds like you're getting a haircut. Like, it's really weird. Like, it, you get the sensation of your hair is getting cut and everything. And then there's another one where, like, uh, like a kidnap interrogation. So, yeah, they're pretty cool. That does sound uh, pretty but, cool. That's a really creative yeah. idea. No, yeah. I, I There's some really cool songs that I wish had, like, those 3D effects. Like, I found this one YouTube channel where it has a bunch of those, like, 8D, 3D effects for your audio and some of those songs i just thought were not the greatest choices and then some are just like electronic and i don't know just not my cup of tea i feel i feel like there's certain songs that benefit a lot more from that kind of thing and some songs just don't do as well it's it's you have to be artistic with it you have to have a you have to 
make a good balance between having like using the right type of music and using your tools correctly. Yeah, like that uh, Wellerman sea shanty chilling. I don't know if you've heard that. I don't before, think I have. It's pretty pop. It's pretty popular in TikTok. I did know that it was but, popular though. <laughs> but uh, but um, what's really cool in the like three D audio file thing is like you can it, like it sounds like they're at the sea singing it or like they're on a boat because like he throws in like waves and like sounds of waves and it comes from different directions and stuff. That is cool. It, it's like a whole audio environment without actually being there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I never answered your actual question. Um, yeah. So there are these creatures in Hollow Knight known as grubs. They're these little... I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought that a grub could be cute, but it's this little green creature that's sitting in a, uh, like a glass jar, and it can't escape the glass yeah. jar. So if you break the glass jars, the grubs will all return to their home. They're like, it's called like the grub nest. And they'll give you mm-hmm. rewards for freeing them. And um, they make a peculiar sound that is shared by a couple of creatures. But often, but when you hear it, sometimes that can be a clue that there's a grub in the area. Because sometimes, okay. like normally the game does a good job of giving you like a hint on how to get to the grubs or where they are. And sometimes that's just like you can get close enough that you can hear their audio. And it would give you an idea that, hey, there's a grub in this area. However, there are there are enemies that make the same noises. There's these annoying flies that just blow up. They just try to. Okay. They're basically like homing missiles, and I hate them. They're called bell flies. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Kind of going back to the soundtrack point. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually talking to one of our friends, Will, about animes with really good soundtracks, and um. He and uh, there's just a there's one anime that's out now that I I read as a manga a while back, uh, Juju Kaisen. It has a really good opening, uh, so I would recommend definitely at least listening to the opening if you're not watching the anime. But um, I don't know if you have some animes with favorite soundtracks. I have a couple. One of them's Guilty Crown. Guilty Crown I think has one of the best soundtracks in all of anime. I feel like most of the time. And but sorry, it's just. I was just gonna say, and it's like all around, all the songs that are played, not even just the opening and ending are good, because like it will play songs and fight scenes and everything, and every single song I think is really good in it. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, I think most of the the soundtracks uh, that I like are are mostly just because like it goes hand in hand. Like it's an anime I liked, and the opening was really good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like the famous example of Cruel Angel's Thesis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, I just had another one come to mind that I thought was really good, and I'm pretty sure you've seen the anime Charlotte. Oh yeah, Charlotte had a good soundtrack. Charlotte, Charlotte had a really good one. Tokyo Ghoul had, a, I think, had a really good one, especially the opening. I have not watched Tokyo Ghoul. I know it's uh, kind of classic. On the other hand, I know that a lot of people have strong opinions about it going kind of downhill after the first season. So that's. So I read, so I watched the first, so Tokyo Ghoul's weird how the seasons are separated. Uh, so kind of clarifying it, in the manga, there's Tokyo Ghoul and Tokyo Ghoul Re. Re is like the sequel to Tokyo Ghoul. And if you want to classify the anime, there are four seasons, and the first two are Tokyo Ghoul, and the last two are Tokyo Ghoul Re. Kind of. But the way that they're, that's how I would classify them, and each season is like 13 episodes, but the way the anime actually released, it's like 
the episode the seasons aren't a nice 13 episodes or whatever gotcha um, so you don't think they split it up very intelligently and after uh, yeah and after re- so i watched the first two seasons so tokyo ghoul and before i read the manga and then i read the manga all the way through i think it's this is one of the animes that did a really good job of representing the manga in the anime really personally yes i think they did it very well because obviously you can't you can't take a whole manga series of i i, I want to say at least 300 chapters including both Tokyo Ghoul and Tokyo Ghoul Re into four seasons of an anime that's it's impossible you have to take stuff out you have to find the stuff that's most important yes and i think they did a really good job and and also the animation they they were not lazy on it throughout all four seasons i think the animation stayed up to par because there's a lot of different shows where it's not great they get very lazy with the animation that that brings me to overlord's infamous uh infamous (laughs) cgi i did read that one recently i read all of its light novels Uh and i love overlord's great overlord is great and i i really liked the books actually and I, I didn't expect I, I wasn't it. even mad with quality of the anime. I wasn't even And that's mad the thing is that like Overlord like everyone can play everyone like there's parts where the CGI is bad like he's summoning these things and they just aren't looking great but it doesn't change the fact that like the impact of the thing he did is still massive in world and it doesn't change the fact of how cool it is in theory. Yes. Agreed. I you can have bad animation if the story is good. Is oh, of course. And I and Overlord's animation is good most of the time. Their CGI was just bad. Yes, I because th- there's a lot of anime that I've read them. So I used to be a giant anime watcher for all those who are listening. It, then I kind of I started college and transferred, kind of went over to manga. And now every anime that comes out that people end up falling in love with that are good, I've already read the manga and then I go and watch it and I get turned off from the anime because the animation is so bad because I know how good the story is. It just, I just can't watch it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that reminds, okay, so I have like a very specific example of that. You know Shield Hero? Rising Shield Hero? That show, I think, has like the first like, 10 chapters or so like I, I so i read and watched that one and the very beginning mm-hmm. of that show is great i think that Agreed. um like the first five episodes of the anime is like splendid it, it has a great job of tying how like the character's emotions in and it makes you feel for the characters feel how they feel and in the manga i feel like there's definitely selections that it goes into the future with that but the anime mm-hmm. i was just upset by some of the things that they just did like in the wrong order so it didn't make sense i stopped watching that show because i got really upset yeah. <laughs> yeah um oh side note for everyone that's listening we are going to try our hardest not to do any spoilers for anything we really talk about and if we do spoil we will put in a spoiler alert before anything mm-hmm. happens yeah that um, was one of the so things hollow knight is very oh sorry hollow knight is very uh exploration based so i just tried to avoid talking about anything that was yeah. yeah, I couldn't talk about it that much since it's it's a very much mm-hmm. a game that I think you should experience at least the first time without knowing a lot of background. Yeah, okay, so back to what we were talking about. Rising of the Shield Hero. I've been reading it since sophomore year of high school. It just is that slow on re- releasing in the manga. It really it's one is. of the first mangas I ever started reading. 
and I'm going to be honest, I don't know if you're caught up on the manga, the story is so disappointing right now. Yeah, well, so I, I feel like all the way up into like the amount that like the anime has released to was great in the manga. And I think the anime did a good job with about like the first like quarter of it. And then mm-hmm. but then I feel like the I feel like the story kind of just slumped super hard. The story, yeah, the story definitely drops off really hard. Like that there's a couple animes and stuff where it, where it's like that. The first arc is really really good. Like really good. But then I think they don't know how to follow it up. So that uh, it's just a sad truth about it. There's a couple that I could go on about, but do you have any you want to talk about? Or? Uh, I don't have any. Uh, that was like one thing that I was really impressed with Overlord about was like the ability that. Uh... So the Overlord is. Uh, I'll just give a brief summary. Is about um, okay, this yeah. guy, who, it's it's an isekai where the guy becomes. Uh, he becomes his in-game like character. WoW. Yeah, it's it, it's like he's playing. WoW he's he's playing an MMO and he becomes his MMO character at when the servers end. And so he is over here with all these ridiculous. He was a maxed out character, maxed out powers, whatever. And he's transported number to this guild in the in the. I don't know if it was in the world, but number one guild in Japan. Yeah, he he, he was. They were really impressive. So he has all this. He has all this loot, all of it, and all of the NPCs they designed for their base all come alive, and he's he's managing it all. But a lot of the story doesn't follow him because it's hard to write a compelling story about a character as OP as Ainz is. That's that's his name. Yeah. Um, because he is so ridiculously powerful in the context of this story so a lot of it follows like minor characters like humans or lizard folk there's a couple things a couple races and stuff and i feel like it involves the whole world it's really good at storytelling and developing the whole world around yeah the care like he he is the main character yes but they do a really it's not sometimes stories when they talk about side characters and whatnot and bring them up they go super overboard it's super annoying, but they do a really good balancing act. I, I wanted to say and, that, like, one of the tools that Overlord uses really well is the... It, like, switches to the perspective of a minor character, and that's one of those things that if it's done well, it can be really good, but if it's done badly, it's really annoying. And I was super impressed at the ability of them to switch over to, like, this side character. I mean, there's some, like, entire novels that are from the perspective of a side character, which is... yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just really it really goes to show how good of a writer that uh the writer of uh Overlord oh, is. Yeah. 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 They they're very impressive. There are very few manga slash anime that I'll go in and read the light novel because a lot of the times the translations are super, super bad. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how well the translations are done in Overlord. I try to stay up to date on the manga and then like i'll read the wiki and like the summary of the light novels but it's just kind of difficult to read the mm-hmm. full volumes yeah i found some fan translations that weren't too bad i heard that the official ones were actually worse than the fan ones which is unfortunate but you know <laughs> yeah that's one of the things is i feel I like a lot of the time when i like it's it's, it's like 50 percent of the anime that i watch i watch and i say you know what this was enjoyable but like i wouldn't say that the story was really good and then there's some of them that i watch and i say like wow i'm actually really impressed at the 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 quality of this storytelling overlord Mm -hmm. is like my number one there's things that it could do better but it's storytelling it's storytelling is just top notch 
Oh yeah, definitely. I love. I definitely watch anime like. Uh, Sometimes you have to sit down and just watch anime for the action, not for the story. But then a lot of my favorite ones are actually because the story is so great. And it's just really interesting how they do the storyline. Like, there's some anime I doubt people would ever watch without finding it. Because trust me, I spent a long time looking for different animes and manga to read. And once you watch all the good stuff and obvious stuff, you have to go through all the bad stuff. And I've seen some pretty bad stuff, but I've also found some hidden gems. So, yeah. um, I guess the last thing I want to bring up is... uh, If any of you guys play League of Legends that are listening to this, uh, they finally release... Uh, they go through uh, every champion in League. Uh, it's a MOBA, so MOBA is pretty much pla- giant map, and then there's five people on each team, and you fight, level up, get gold and stuff, bla- build items, blah, blah, blah. I'm not really going to talk about how the game works. I want to talk about how uh, every so often they release skins for the different champions. There's like 140-something champions in League right now or some somewhere around there, a ridiculous number. And... Uh, they just announced that they are releasing a skin for Corky or something, I believe, or Rumble. One of those two that uh, just he he was he was he went a hundred one thousand one hundred and some days without getting a skin. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because my main champion has gone nine hundred and eighteen days without getting a skin, and now he has been the longest without getting a skin. And so my hope is he gets a skin very, very soon. Otherwise, whenever, otherwise I kind of get a little peeved off because new skins come out for my friends' mains. And I'm always like, damn, Kane really needs a skin. And they're like, well, Kane has the Odyssey skin and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm like, it's been a hot minute since Kane got a skin. And they just never see it. But now I have actual proof that it's been 918 days since Kane got his skin. So... I just that, that's just kind of my little rant. There's one thing and, that I'd always used to see on the league subreddit. Uh, it's the uh, it's the thousand day club, which was the mm-hmm. which was the club of champions that hadn't had a skin for the last one thousand days. So yeah, Kane uh, Kane's getting close though. to the, which is actually well, there's no, impressive. There's no other champion that there's, there's no, no champion, one in the thousand champion. day club. There used yeah. to be. Yep. I know Urgot had well, he was almost he was in the two thousand day clubs at one point. Yeah. So, 2,235. Zillion was in the Thousand Day Club for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it is, I think, I don't want. Kane will, I guarantee you, Kane will hit 1,000 if they do what I'm predicting. I'm predicting they're going to wait till the Christmas event and release Candy Kane. That would make sense for his character, to be honest. It it would be an easy skin to make. It's still waiting so long for a new skin. Mm -hmm. Or Grim Reaper Kane for uh, Halloween. Yeah. They might. I don't know exactly what they do. I mean, but there's other champions where, like, they get skins once a year. Like, Katarina's, like, average once a year. Katarina, Lux, um, yeah. Sivir, like, always gets one. Jinx. Yeah. It, that's just my little rant for the week. Oh, that did someone say Kaisa? Kaisa the... always gets them. That's because they're the KDA skins, so they'll always get new skins whenever they do KDA events. I know. It's well. Do you wait? Yeah. Do you mean that they're gonna get a new uh, premium ultra extra KDA <laughs> platinum, but with in green this time? 
Who knows? <laughs> oh, and another thing that pees me off. All the new champions, they get a skin when they come out when a new champion gets released. But then all these newer champions have been getting a, a new skin like 50 to 100 days after their release. And it's getting very annoying. Like all these new champions are soon going to have more skins than some of the o- older champions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's annoying. Okay, my rant's over. I know that was one of the things Riot Games was trying to uh, implement, was trying to get uh, less champions to have a really long time between their most recent skin. So, yeah, I think that is why a lot of these champions who had been in Thousand Day Club got kicked out. So, I hope for your sake that they release a cane skin soon. Yeah. Okay, Um. do you have anything else you want to bring up? That, That's I'm, all I can I'm really think good. of for this week. All right. Everyone Everyone, have a good week. Everyone have a good week. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or anything, you can message us. I I will leave a on our podcast thing. I will leave a link to a Discord where you can message us questions or comments or stuff you want to talk about next week. And I hope you guys all have a good rest of your day.